This is another episode of Visiting's Radio Show, Season 3. I'm your host, Alan Nakagawa. This show focuses on artists who are creating work outside the museum and gallery, such as public engagement and community arts projects. This episode is with founder of LA Free Waves, Anne Bray. Because of the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, we conducted the interview via Zoom. This interview took place May 6th, 2020. The sound quality is glitchy. I worked with it as best I could. I could, uh, so I hope it's okay and it's that it's maybe you know not too challenging for you. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, details about Anne and her team's projects can be seen at freewaves.org. That's F-R-E-E-W-A-V-E-S dot org. We begin by talking about a series of internal discussions Anne and the LA Free Waves team uh, was conducting at the time of the interview. Collectively, uh, they're designing the future of the organization. We follow that with Anne's background in LA Free Wave projects, such as the performance event on Hollywood Boulevard, Love and or Fear, and that took place on September 7th, 2019. Hi. Hi. So um, what is this exactly, this, this discussion? Is it on the internet? So, uh, so far, it's been private, but uh, the purpose of the uh, virtual discussions is to try to design future uh, live events. Um, and sort of what format and where should we hold them and who should we invite and who are we really targeting to attend it? Um, so we've done two big events, one in the State Historic Park about gender, and then one on Hollywood Boulevard, and thinking, well, those were two sites, and two, the Hollywood in particular was sort of a crazy place to do it, and we sort of because it's um, LGBT center and all these Disney, you know, pink and light blue images of male and female. So we sort of went right down the middle between those two sets of images and uh, did all these performances. Mm. And uh, I was really happy. Those were like bringing the artists together and mm-hmm. then the other, bring the artists and the audiences together and really seeing can we appreciate a full spectrum of genders uh, in front of each other in public. And so my answer to that was yes. And now I'm thinking, well, what could be, what's next do we want to do in public? Well, the the first one was at the park. So it was pretty much everyone who was participating and anybody who wanted to go see it. So it wasn't an intervention per se. Right. Right. No, it felt like, yeah, people, only people that wanted to go to that event came. Right. At like night. it was in the dark in the park <laughs> at night, you know, you really right. had to want to go. Uh, but Hollywood Boulevard was sort of the opposite. There was the people who wanted to, maybe it was half, and then the people that were just strolling down the street, going to some club or 
VR room, <laughs> some uh, a stashy bar were all, uh, you know, mixing up in the Disney characters and the performance artists. Right. Which, in a nutshell, that's Hollywood Boulevard. (laughs) (laughs) Did did you have any um, discussion or group discussion with all of the participants, all the artists afterwards uh, for for Hollywood Boulevard? You know, both of them we did an event Mm -hmm. before and after. So before was pretty practical, Mm -hmm. um, in particular about safety. So nobody uh, would feel really in danger and let me know the dangers you feel and uh, brainstorm with me about finding security. So uh, that was before. And then afterwards was uh, really a, yeah, what happened to you and, um, and hearing from everybody. And also just, again, trying to get the artists to know each other. Mm-hmm. So everyone's working with the idea of gender, <clears throat> but they're involved, um, you know, in all different communities all over L.A. Uh, County. Um, so I wanted them to appreciate the full range that was in the city. Wow, that's great. It, it is. It's spectacular and um, I really enjoy it so then uh, after that happened I started thinking well uh, what are we trying to really understand and one for me is this difference between non-binary and feminist Mm. uh, one is uh, that I grew up with is really caring about women and then to me the newer ideas are about not caring what gender anybody is and like letting the full spectrum but um so i've been really sorting out those two views and finding that the differences is really about political and economic and aesthetic or cultural and psychological and identity like each of those is in the gender area is like a you know needs a whole strategy to get that advanced and that is um, moving on from feminism is uh, a challenge for me and uh, in, in what way an is exciting it, in what way is it a ch- challenge well one is that I still feel women are very undervalued by our culture and you know uh, a lot of women are paid half of what men are you know the white women are paid 70 cents to the man's dollar but women of color are often at half and just that, it seems so extreme. How, you know, like people are screaming about slavery, but half the population that's alive now is still, you know, uh, treated as half a human being. Oh, um, so that's why it's, it's hard for me to, like, drop that. 
Oh, are they at? Is that dropping that? That's the issue, or adding yeah, the non-binary? Really, yeah, the oh. other part of the problem is that the feminists, which is often defined as white feminists, really did not care for include a lot of people of color in its years of, you know, activating populations. And so I, um, I recognize that. And, you know, with the work that we're doing, we're trying to rectify that oh. and really highlight people of color um, now. So you're, you're talking historically. Yeah, but people remember. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's important. Yeah, they, yeah. They're clear that that really happened. Right. And they really want the white feminists to know that and, like, recognize it. Right. And you're a white feminist. And Yeah. And yeah. I recognize that it happened. But at the time, I have to say, my own opinion was that I... Like, I was overwhelmed by the feminist issues, like the amount of uh, resistance we had against us. Um, and then I couldn't add, you know, one other issue uh, to my plate or my agenda, which seems very selfish and true, um, but I, it, it is how I felt. Mm. But here we are in 2020. In 2019, <laughs> locked up in our room. Right. Like everybody, except again, the workers of color are out there. In a select few away. in Huntington Beach. All <laughs> 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 oh, this horrible, horrible. Like, oh my God. Oh. Okay. And um, part of what you're talking about is also a generational shift as well exactly yeah and if we're talking about feminism from the late 50s through the 60s and then through the 70s then we're talking maybe now you're working with four generations of feminists possibly yeah i would i would say yes i mean that's a reality but from that's also ginormous <laughs> It's ginormous. Yeah. But yeah. it actually makes for the dialogues to be very real. Mm, right. Absolutely. Right. Oh, that's good. And, and like you're archiving, right? And taking the old pictures and bringing them to a new audience. And really, you know, the old folks totally know that image and understand it and know what it means. Mm -hmm. And the young people are like, what you know it's just a picture it doesn't mean anything <laughs> and, you're, and you're like are you sure about that here let me tell you this backstory to that image yeah. and how do they respond to some of this um you know i think that people in their mind they intellectually know for example like when i was growing up in let's say, uh, high school and college and thinking about what do I want to be, that women were only nurses, teachers, 
uh, uh, moms. Um, I don't know if there was any, uh, and secretary right. were the, you know, were, there were four options that I knew of. And um, so I, I just didn't like any of those. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, what could I do? And I think people don't think, oh, someone that's alive today running an art organization in L.A. also experienced that. Right. You know? uh, but it's very true. And um, are you originally from Los Angeles? No. Where are I'm you from, there. man? I'm a New Englander. I was sort of oh. Connecticut and Vermont. Oh, okay. Uh, through the, um, the end of high school and then college, I went all over the place and then I went to Europe for about six years uh-huh. and taught English. <laughs> oh, nice. In Japan and in Cairo or, and in Egypt and, uh, let's see, Denmark, London, Paris. So I just went, like, trying to find a place in the world where I felt uh, okay. And there was nowhere. <laughs> Is it is it is it true to say that Los Angeles is has been the place that you've been the longest? That you've yeah, been, yeah, right, a, a lot since you know, maybe, the eighties, right? Yeah, yeah, I came in eighty two. Nineteen eighty two. Yeah, I went to UCLA and the art department, the grad program with Chris Burton and Paul McCarthy and uh, Charlie Ray. Um, um, you know, wonderful, crazy people. <laughs> uh, and you uh, were then all guys, all only guys. men. And early on, you were uh, at Lace as well, right? Or was that after that? You know, it was right after that. As soon as I graduated, um, uh, Lace had an opening for that video position. Um, they were just, it was the first time it was going to actually have a job um, and pay someone. Um, and uh, Paul McCarthy recommended me for that job. Nice. And so uh, I did that, and then I, I produced uh, Suzanne Lacey's performance art piece that happened at UCLA a year later. And those were uh, two halftime jobs that I had. And so when, when was the first event that was named Free Waves? 1989. Wow, okay, 1989. You know, it was about... Uh, what was it? I think it was right at the same time that the Berlin Wall came down. Okay. Yeah, it was. Uh, so it really felt, you know, momentous, mm-hmm. like that a Berlin Wall was coming down in LA at the same time, like oh, all the the connections being made. 
and because video is a medium of communication, that it felt like it was really transmitting quickly across the city. And uh, what what was it? Where was it? Was it at AFI or? You know what? It's it started there, but it uh, we held it everywhere, um, meaning lots of venues all over the city. And then we started using public access television that was in every cable district, all the way from literally Riverside to Santa Barbara. One theme that I still think about is this idea that we're all homeless. Oh, okay. All of us. Nomads. <laughs> yeah, that we um, we move about. Uh, we go to work all day, so we're not at home. Uh, we don't live near our parents. Um, our families are broken up into different houses um, that, um, that we don't live in the country that we were born in, uh, that were so many immigrants. Uh, so the ideas like that was one. But also I would say that you um, related to back to this feminism form. Mm -hmm. Through Freewise, I really found a lot of connection between the LGBT community and the feminists. That this issues that the gay and lesbians were dealing with was really related to the feminists, and that a lot of uh, the source was our bodies and how our bodies are legislated and treated and culturally presented. Um, Cross those lines, and so that was the beginning of me really connecting um, common issues, but from different perspectives. Yeah, and then we started sending them the other copies of the tapes to San Francisco, San Diego, New York had Paper Tiger TV and uh, Deep Dish TV. So we started collaborating with other distribution systems too. In other cities. Yeah. That's great. And eventually we started working with LAUSD, our school system, and we started making videos and teacher training how to present video art to LA kids because they were teaching media arts as a way of becoming the weatherman on the TV channel. Oh, and we're nice. like, whoa, stop, help! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's something besides being the weather person. <laughs> Is this through their facility over there on, uh, what is it, Virgil? You know what, uh, it's uh, near Temple and Beaudry. Oh, Temple, uh, yeah. They have it, a big what TV studio there. Station, yeah. So we went there a couple times and presented, but um, 
No, we mostly uh, we put together our own art pieces, you know, edited them together into a reel, and then we made curriculum uh, to help the teachers present the pieces to high schoolers. That were either teaching like English or American studies or um, sort of humanities, but how you could use the video art for other fields. Wow, that's great. It was a challenge. Yeah. (laughs) Are you still doing that? No. No. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, they were they were impossible. Oh. It's, it is a bohemoth bureaucracy, LUSD. Yeah, but, but it's great that you guys did that, though. We, I was uh, like shocked that we were able to. <laughs> was Chinatown. We uh-huh. did Chinatown, like the entirety of Chinatown. <laughs> We took over. Ginormous projections (laughs) everywhere. Yeah. That was exciting. Yeah, that was a fun night there. That was in 2000. Was it? Oh, it's been 20 years? Yeah. Holy cow. (laughs) Yeah, that was 20 years. But that was great. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, fun. In that, so a lot of projection in the front window of different galleries and stores and restaurants and on sidewalls and anywhere we could get it. Um, and then, uh, you know, there was some performance art too. Okay. And yeah, yeah. Uh, some of the group, uh, I'm trying to remember their name, but Castles is in the group now. She's an artist I still work with, and she was in a collective that just had graduated from Cal Arts, and they put on masks and performance and pretended to be Bush. President <laughs> Bush. Were, <laughs> right. Um, you know, feminist Bush or President Bush. <laughs> 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 and they were, uh, you know, running around beating each other in the alleys of Chinatown. So um, that that um, you know night was uh, yeah really satisfying. And then the last one I did was uh, in 2008 up on Hollywood Boulevard. And uh, it was so difficult, uh, you know, exhausting. Um, So it took almost two years to get it in place. And we took over 60 different stores, putting a different video in the front window or someplace in the store or restaurant businesses up there and they were site specific <laughs> so mm. like there's a uh, wig shop and we had a monitor in the front window you know showing this uh, piece um, of Ivan Lemus 
who had covered his lower part of his face with a whole bunch of uh, handkerchiefs or bandanas, and then the top of his head had another bunch of them, and he kept removing them one after the layer after layer, oh. but it only revealed his eyes mm. um, for what you really noticed. And having his head in the shop with all the wigs, to me, was exactly, um, you know, a great way to highlight the art and put the art in a context that made it more understandable to the public. Yeah, where we did, at the Hammer, we had 50 projectors that I borrowed for free from every art department from San Diego <laughs> to Santa Barbara. And because the Hammer didn't have any money for help, oh. so we just borrowed all the equipment. Wow. And went and picked it up, or you know, got someone yeah, yeah, to yeah. deliver it, or whatever. And um, and all over the whole, um, uh, what's that? The like the lobby of the hammer, so the outdoor space mm -hmm. upstairs sort of the in mezzanine the, in the yeah, yeah, yeah. in um, courtyard area. Yeah, courtyard describes it, and. So we just had uh, projectors um, spaced out so that they were almost like showing paintings, mm -hmm. meaning they were next to this painting and next to that uh, video where the way you would hang a painting mm -hmm. is how we showed the videos. And they separated and we kept the sound a little uh, separated from each other. But you could just walk around and see you know, 100 videos pretty quickly. And you could go back and see how that one evolved and then go back to it again later. Um, but it, for me, the exciting thing was when we turned them all on for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> And it was like tuning an orchestra. Ah, it was nice. so uh, sweet, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. That to me was the most beautiful thing I mm -hmm. ever did. So we had 18 different artists that we're dealing with the combination of nature and culture mm -hmm. and which I think of the Getty garden as that same combination. So we made a circular route um, to deal more with nature and then gradually more and more with culture mm. or, you, or you could walk in the opposite order but I've seen all these classic you know, sort of my some of my favorite videos on this topic from LA artists. Um, 
projected with really good equipment and good sound system that the Getty provided um, one Friday and Saturday night. Um, and they just installed it super elegantly. And, ah, beauty, information, public. During the pandemic, we are thinking about what are different ways that that project could move forward virtually, mm -hmm. and then uh, we could make social media out of the uh, results and start distributing them. So, um, is that part of more, the workshop that you're doing right now? The discussion. Uh, uh, you know what, I'm talking with people and we're writing grants and trying to convince them because I want to be able to pay the artists mm -hmm. for their work. So we're always searching for grants that would actually uh, support an idea like that. Mm. And that's, that's not all grantors. Right. It's tricky. <laughs> there, uh, people are afraid. Yeah. I th oh. Yeah. Like, oh, did we support something like that? Oh my God. Mm -hmm. But um, the, the week that we did it at USC last year, mm -hmm. uh, the end, people were high, literally high from the feeling that something that's been completely restrictive all of your life is actually something that can become expansive. Yeah. Like if you get hit every time you do X, and then finally, you know, you're allowed to do X. And you're like, wow. Uh, that's what it felt like. That concludes another episode of Visiting's Radio Show. Thanks very much to Anne Bray and, and really everyone who's ever participated in an LA Freeways project. Um, Visiting's Radio Show past episodes are available on SoundCloud and iTunes. This is Alan Nakagawa from my living room in Koreatown saying thank you for listening to Visiting's Radio Show. Mm -hmm.